Book Interrupted is so grateful to our listeners for recommending us to your friends and family that we decided to run a contest to show our appreciation. One lucky fan will win a waterproof Amazon Kindle Oasis. Find out more at www.bookinterrupted.com contests. Parental guidance is recommended because this episode has mature topics and strong language. Here are some moments you can look forward to during this episode of Book Interrupted. If you can name it, you can tame it. (laughs) She's like, don't lie like that. And I was like, why? She's like, because it makes you look fat. Ah, why do we have to talk about this now? Can't we just have breakfast? There isn't a gender role thing going on here. Then why is this all falling on me? He will financially have everything taken care of and he will take out the garbage. I know a lot of men who have support groups and who talk to their friends. We can't really get there if we don't bring the men along. Disrupted. Mind, body, and soul. Inspiration is the goal. And we're gonna talk it out. On book interrupted. This episode's brought to you by Liz Clark Astrology. No nonsense, personalized, honest, handwritten readings that aim to be as constructive and helpful as possible. A glimpse into your true self, maybe even one you forgot about. Go to www.lizclark.com. You can also find the link in our show notes below. Welcome to Book Interrupted, a book club for busy people to connect and one that celebrates life's interruptions. If you'd like to join along, this book cycle is from February 14th to March 21st. It's Kara's book cycle, and the book we're reading is Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Untamed is a memoir that examines the restrictive roles and expectations placed on women. For more information about Book Interrupted or this book cycle, please go to www.bookinterrupted.com. Let's listen in to this episode's group discussion. Trying to condition my husband to not use words like be a good girl is like, oh, it's an uphill battle. I'm so, you're so used to being like, be good, a good girl. Like you just, it's so ingrained in our culture. Yeah, you're so ingrained in our culture just to change and that is like a thing that I keep coming back to in life is our words are become our culture so you change your language about something and you change your ideas about something like the words lead the way sometimes which I just think is like having a word for pansexual creates your ideas about what a pansexual is it's like if like I this is like a big like therapy one from back like the first time I ever did therapy was like, if you can name it, you can tame it. <laughs> you know? And in this case, maybe untame it. or Yeah, or untame it. No, it's true. It helps with the naming of things. It helps you kind of work through and find a language for things that might be happening on the inside. Like the names that Sarah had for her victim and her ego or whatever. And if you can find, yeah. And if you can find the words, then you can close the loop. What was her name? Terry. Terry. Oh, Terry. Terry. <laughs> Damn you, Terry. <laughs> One of the things I was going to say today was I did some research about how that, you know, Adele recently like lost all this weight and whatever. Her appearance is different. And all these news 
like channels and things in the States said, she attributed it to reading Untamed. But then when I dived a little further, none of that is true. None of it. She just read the book and this is what she wrote on an Instagram. She wrote one thing, just one, after reading this book. This book will shake your brain and make your soul scream. I am so ready for myself after reading this book. It's as if I just flew into my body for the first time. That's what she wrote, okay? Media wrote that it's, that's why her physical appearance is so different is because of this book. No, has nothing to do with her physical appearance. Nothing. Other stations were like, maybe she'll start a book club just like Oprah and Reese Witherspoon. No, she just happened to read a book that she felt and like made her finally feel like alive and was like, yes, this is the book I needed. I want to feel free. Like she wrote a whole bunch of stuff. But other than that, like she was just saying yes. And then they're like, that's why she lost all the weight. Why does media do that? Why did they make some... Because you're like, media, did you read the book? It's not about... It has nothing to do with her physical appearance. Nothing. It made me so angry. Yeah, and it's so weird because basically the media is forcing her into... Through this book, which is about untamed, which is about examining your conditions, like thoughts and ways of being. Yeah, it's just, it's very bizarre that somehow by reading this book, in order to get free, it led her to be a better conditioned woman. She got that body back, thank God. It had nothing, one had nothing to do with the other. She just read this book and was like, yes, I can look myself in the mirror. Like, I feel free. I, you know what I mean? Like, those were the things that moved her about the book. It had nothing to do with that she read the book and was like, I'm going to lose all this weight. That just makes me so mad that it's always about what women look like. Like, who gives a shit? Like, seriously. Like, just so over that. Like, I, that's another thing with my girls. It's really hard. Like, Matty's eight now, my oldest daughter, and she keeps on saying stuff about, I was like lying, like, I'm like, bed the other morning like this and she was like she's like don't lie like that and I was like why she's like because it makes you look fat and I was like what first of all it doesn't make me look fat and secondly who cares if I did look fat like what was the big deal like it my weight doesn't define me and she was like what I was like I it doesn't matter that's not important that's not who you are and had to have a whole conversation with how what's inside is more important than what's on the outside like and it's just Makes me mad because we've it's never been a thing in our house. It means that she got it from out there, like at eight, that all of a sudden she has to, thin is the only way to go. I was like, it's infuriating. Charlie is also like one year older and is cognizant of double chins now. And that if I take her picture now, request that I take it from certain angles. And I was like, what? What? Like, it's just weird. And then in kindergarten, like her being bullied for being called that she has like thunder thighs. I was like, first of all, how does a four or five year old know the word thunder thighs? Yeah, but Kara, don't you like, I mean, you were talking about your childhood and you feeling like you didn't fit in and have like, it's just the same thing, you know, and wasn't your mom, I mean, I don't want to get into your dynamic with your mother, but wasn't your mom just trying to make it okay that you could be whatever you wanted to be and not have to 
be feminine and be whatever, which is all what you guys are saying about your kids. So how is it changing now in our generation than your generation? Is your kid, if you did that, not just going to grow up and be the same like you? Like, I'm hoping that books like this and discussions like this and naming things and all the things we talked about are going to be able to allow women to not feel like you did growing up. I don't know. It's just indicative of how pervasive the gender roles are embedded into every fiber of society. And I don't want to make uh, like create feelings of defensiveness, but some of it is so ingrained that it's invisible to us. So even though it's not something that is in your house, Sarah, it still may be something that is reflected in your behavior and you don't even know. That's true. Yeah. Right. Like you cared one day that your shirt didn't look right or you chased or you changed it or you wanted to put makeup on because you were doing something special or whatever it is. That's true. That is true. Right. And so it's the scary thing is, is, well, A, how pervasive it is, because even if you're perfect at trying to counteract it with your child, they go out into the world where it's the most dominant and subtle thing that it's just like, so that's how everyone gets it. Do they watch TV? Do they socialize, interact with other people? The other thing too is the nature, like human nature, we compare ourselves to each other. You know, like there is there is that baseline of comparison. I don't know what the like evolutionary... Yeah, so we could survive, because if you... Yeah. If you didn't get into the tribe, you're on the outskirts and then... Yeah, yeah. You don't want to be alone, right? It's very important, right? To be in... Yeah, that's very true, right? Because we're social and that's dependent upon our survival, right? But it's just... It's very pervasive, I guess, is the bottom line here of this lesson. It's not that anyone's doing anything wrong. You're actively pursuing what you think is right. And it just speaks to how incredibly ingrained into every like I mean there's feminist movements and this book right like and our knowledge like we're moving very and, and even but Kara's mom was also trying to move you know so oh totally Schweitz makes a good point but the bottom line is until the system gets like reset it's deep like it's deep and the other thing too is like as a grown woman I cognitively know that my body doesn't define me but when I look in the mirror and I don't have some version of where somewhere in my brain, like if there was no mirrors and no media, then I might not even think about what I'm looking at when I look in the mirror. But when I look in the mirror, I think, oh, like that's flabby or, oh, I don't like what's that. You know what I mean? And I, I cognitively know, oh, that doesn't define me. But somewhere in my being, I'm still slightly upset or struggle with what I'm seeing. Well, you even get, even if you didn't have a mirror, every time you freaking get dressed, you have the stupid label on the clothing that says like extra large. Yeah. And I'm like, thank right. you for the reminder. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I just want to get dressed. Right. Literally everywhere. L- literally everywhere. I think sometimes too, when kids say things like that, they are looking for an adult to say, no, that's not right. Right. Because they're getting all these messages out there. And so they're kind of testing the waters and seeing what the person they trust the most says. They're like, well, the world's telling me this. What does this lady say? Because I trust other, th- I can trust her with other things. So anyway, I think it's good that you had the conversation. Uh, that's the hard part of being a parent is that every minute, every moment is a teaching moment. And it's hard not to be angry about stuff like that. I'm like, what? Ah, why do we have to talk about this now? Can't we just have breakfast and smile at each other? <laughs> like, does that be hard all the time? Don't worry, I can, but I can do hard things, so. 
I can do consecutive hard things one after another. Well, like, can't you maintain your innocence, right? For me, it's that innocence that's lost. Like, you've been tainted, you know? Like, it's you've been tainted. I've been trying so hard to keep you untainted because this whole society, and it's based on your own experiences. Like, then when your daughter says something that shows their innocence has been disrupted, their purity or whatever, you know? It's like, oh, for, well, for me too, again, it's another sign. They're growing up. They're leaving. Like... <laughs> This interruption is brought to you by Unpublished. Do you want to know more about the members and Book Interrupted? Go behind the scenes? Visit our website at www.bookinterrupted.com. Book Interrupted. My interruption is investigating a mysterious charge on my credit card from a fast food restaurant several provinces away in Quebec. Book Interrupted. But I'm kind of curious now that we're talking about like different messages we may have received and different ways that we may feel like we're being called to conform. If we had to name one thing that we'd say, you know what, I'm this isn't working for me. I think I want to get closer to dropping this. I should be whatever, fill in the blank. If you had to choose one thing that you're kind of thinking is your pink bunny that you want to throw away what would it be? Like I'll lead. Okay. I'll lead as an example. Cause maybe I didn't explain that correctly. What I'm, and Leah knows a lot about this. She's actually been coaching me on the side, really helping me through this is one thing that I'm kind of noticing isn't serving me and my relationship. Well, is buying into the belief that as a wife, I'm expected to behave in a certain manner manner, which is in accordance with my gender. And equally so my husband is meant to abide by certain gender roles. And I think what I'm noticing and getting close to is maybe having a talk and just being like, do you want to just write our own rules? Like, I know that maybe like generations before us might've expected this, or even society says that this is what like a healthy relationship and family look like. But truth be told, like what Leah has really helped me see is that I tend to behave much more like the businessman who goes off to work and Bob tends to, he tries to cover it up really well because that's expected of him, but he does so much better being the matriarch of the family. And I wonder if maybe we'd have less fights because we do deeply love each other. We do want to be together more than we want to be apart, but abiding by these gender rules, I don't know that it's working for us. Like maybe he is the one that just makes the supper and picks up the kid and he's better at doing it. And maybe so I think one thing that I, that book has led me to is just being like, maybe my husband and I can define our own roles within our relationship in the context of family. It's upsetting to me that you prescribe to the gender roles in spite of all evidence to the contrary, but for the fact that Bob as a dick you know what I mean? He like, you're like, well, he can't do this. He's got a penis. And the rule book clearly says. And anyways, I uh, just as a, a piece of uh, f like friendly advice, I prefer to view my relationship as a partnership. And we're moving together toward a goal. Right? And you said a healthy, happy family. That's a good goal or whatever. So accomplish that task with whatever way you feel like it. As long as the two of you together define and approve of the method in which you want to pursue your goal, then more power to you, you know, right? Like for me, that's just kind of 
the bottom line. And it, it's hard too sometimes though, like I say that it sounds so easy, but I have the same fights. I have the same struggles. It's hard for me because I feel like, I feel like my partner is more, I don't even know how to, like how it comes down to gender roles, but I still find myself struggling with the workload of the housework, you know? And it's like, if there isn't a gender role thing going on here, then why is this all falling on me? You know, like, why do I do all these things? So we've had, I just have more conversations and I'm just honest. And I'm not even like, it's not even that I'm mad at him. This is the best technique now. The strategy is I'm not mad at you. I'm sharing my feelings about this situation. So the fact that this happens to me more often or whatever, I feel like that's unfair. I just don't think that it's fair. There's three of us that live here and there's one of us that takes care of this one thing. It feels unfair because my husband is bought in, cares, wants to be a good partner, all of these things. He inevitably adjusts his behavior. Like it's worked better than saying, you know, you never clean the kitchen. Or I feel like I always have, why do I always have to clean the kitchen? You know, like whatever. And having conversations too about like expectations, even just like, you know, it's really hard for me to begin a day in a dirty kitchen. So that's why it's important to me at the end of the day that we clean the kitchen so that the next morning there doesn't have to be a cleaning in order to create a breakfast or make a coffee or whatever. And I don't want to clean the kitchen at night either. I'm not doing it because I want to. I'm doing it because in the morning, blah, 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 blah. Like and having this whole experience, like conversation. And then, you know, it, I guess it just boils down to communication, but really shedding those gender roles and being like, I mean, and it's hard too, because you said Bob tries not to let it look like it, right? Because he obviously buys into the fact that now he's less masculine because he's better at these like female roles. Oh yeah. Like it must be hugely hard for him. Yeah, Absolutely. Like, I, he even has the willingness. Like, he'll just start the... Well, he's such a great person and contributor to the team. But yeah, I see that a lot of it is he still is aware that at the end of the day, many members of society expect him to be the ultimate breadwinner. He will financially have everything taken care of and he will take out the garbage. I think, too, is that talking about gender roles, it's more acceptable for women to read books like Untamed, to learn to listen to their true selves and be themselves. And I could be wrong, but I don't think there's as much of a market for that kind of thing for men. So for a man who says, I don't fit into this box, I want to get out of the box, it's a completely different battle. And I don't know if we've reached the critical mass there, whereas, you know, books like Untamed are helping kind of the women get to this critical mass. And we can't really get there if we don't bring the men along. Agreed. That's a good, like, that's a good feminist point. The problem too is that if we're being really general, it's easier. Men have it easier, right? If nothing changed, who get who has the shitty end of the deal, right? Like the women do, right? And so there's less of a motivation to pursue this, you know, change, I think, because it's not necessarily something that's very upsetting to them. But also in terms of what you're saying about the, you know, the self-help books or pursuing, you know, internal knowledge, again, a victim of the masculine role where it's like, you don't need to know yourself. You just need to be really strong and, you know, fight anything that threatens your whatever. And that's it. Don't know. Not even feelings. No feelings. Thank you. Oh, no, there's three. There's happy, horny and angry. Right. Yes. <laughs> and men are expected. And, and sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like those are the three that are okay, highly okay. acceptable. Yeah. And then anything else. 
means you're not brave weak. and you're, you're, weak. you're weak. Yeah. And, um, that's yeah. the worst thing that you could be. Yeah, it's the absolute worst. It, you no know, vulnerability. Like you're in like they must like they gotta present impermeable, impenetrable, or whatever, right? And if there's any hole in the armor, then you're a failure. I think also the key the key too is like like we were saying, this book and other books, we have each other to talk about these things, right? Where even if a man wants to try to change that, he is on his own. Like you didn't mean there's no books, there's no like there's nobody. He's not calling up his buddy and being like, hey, like, I need to talk out my feelings. Right? Like, I feel like there's not enough support coming from someone else going through the same thing. There's not enough, like, books and literature. Like, there's not enough support groups or support, supportive resources if a man wants to evolve past that, other than maybe the women in his life. But that's not, I don't think we can necessarily relate as much. You know what I mean? It's not the same. It's talking to someone experiencing the same thing. You know, speaking from women who read books about women or wi- from women, like there maybe are resources. I, I mean, I think there are men's support groups and especially men who are in touch with their feelings. I mean, you know, my partner, Blair, d- doesn't talk a ton about his feelings, but he feels his feelings and he cries. And yeah, we've talked about this before. And, you know, I think I've only dated one man who felt the need to fit into some kind of gender role. So I, I have a lot, I know a lot of men who have support groups and who talk to their friends and who talk about their emotions and who, I don't know if that's just from being in theater and being in restaurants and people are generally more emotional in those kind of industries. But, you know, just to speak up for the men that are like that, I think that it's not all men, just like not all women are a certain way. There are a lot of men who who are emotional and who maybe do read books like this. And I, But I just, I don't know. And I, I just want to make sure. That's been my experience too, Lindsay. I find most men really, especially like, like stranger men, like in my job all the time because they're in a vulnerable position and guys open up to me all the time. Like inappropriately, and our father is, was part of a men's support group, Kara. So yeah, and he was really emotionally vulnerable and open. My husband, every boy I've ever dated, really, I got a type. It's vulnerable. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, maybe we can put like a challenge out to our listeners to recommend a book similar to this that is geared towards uh, breaking down the patriarchy for men. Yeah, that's a great idea. About the book, has anyone read the other two books that she wrote, the first two? Kara? I feel like you would have written. No, I heard what it's about, though. Yeah. Have you, Schweitz? Or have you heard any reviews or anything? Talk about a shift. I just, I I find it interesting, you know, because each of the books, from what I understand, is her overcoming something. And then she's like, this is the right way. And then she does another thing. And she's like, no, this is the right way. And now she's in a third book where she's saying, this is the right way. And so I think it would be interesting to read the first two books to see how, like, I'm not saying credibility by any means, because I think that's everyone's personal journey. But I'm worried about this book a little bit just to add some, just because I'm not into the super self-helpy things. I know you guys, some of you more are. And I get a little concerned about some books where they're like, this is the right way, just like we're saying before. And I haven't gotten far into the book, but I'm slightly concerned that she's just going to be like, this is the way you're supposed to do it. And this is the right way. And how do you have, why is one person's right way the right way? And I think that's where I'm a little bit worried about this book. Well, I don't think that she's saying this is the right way. 
first of all. I think that she's like reporting on her experiences and then, you know, they may resonate with some people more than others, right? So as far as credibility is concerned, it's fluid like that, I believe. And I really liked it, right? I'm like, this is my new Bible. Like, I love this book. So I was, as soon as I like realized how much I liked it, I was like, I need to read everything she's ever written. But then it came to understand too, that this was this progression that she's gone through. And like, she's almost practically saying like my last book, that I wasn't even being real then. This book is me being real, right? So in my mind, I was like, well, I'm not gonna read it then. Like she's already grown past that. I don't wanna go back to old her. This is like new evolved her, so I'm cool. And maybe I'll read moving forward or whatever. But in terms of any, I mean, some things too, I think for me, and this may be something that's not true, but I, when you say like, what's the right way, who determines what the right way is, I think it, it comes back to that resonating. If it resonates with me, like on a soul level, like a core level, like there is no other way, right? Then it becomes the right way for me because it's just such a, a concentrated, like pure truth that I'm like, well, there's all the answers. Beautiful. Like, so how far in are you? Oh, I only got, I just finished the second section, the keys. I just finished that. So she does this. She, did you have you touched on the religion part with her wife and feeling like she's like rejected from her church and God? And- no, I, I heard there was a little bit of religion at the beginning there that kind of got me out of it. But very beginning. Yeah. OK, so there's a point where she, where her wife is concerned about, I guess, being accepted in the church or whatever, like what like having this, you know, because traditionally stance on homosexuality is frowned upon. Right. In, in some areas. Anyways, her response to that for me, it's like pure truth. And so I'm like, that is right. You know, like she essentially I'm not going to reveal it because maybe we'll talk about it in a future thing or whatever. But so when she what she says there, I'm like, I don't know how anyone could debate that. So to me, that is right. If you want to talk about religion and how it should, you know, inform your life. But again, it comes down to that resonating thing. And for somebody else, maybe it doesn't resonate with them. And then there you go. But she's not saying like, hey, guys, this is how you do it. And don't check anyone else's ways or whatever. So Also, uh, Schweitz, there is a point in the book that she reads from her first, uh, something she wrote in her first book. And she writes under it, like she quotes her first, something she wrote in her first book and under it, she's like, this is the horse shit I wrote in my first book, that I was broken. I wasn't born broken. Like, like so she, she goes back to from what I, I've only read a little bit, but she has gone back to say, this is where I wrote my first book and that was horseshit. I don't know, like I was, yeah, care. I think Schweitz is also though picked up on something very interesting, like observationally, I think maybe Schweitz is onto something or Lindsay that you are onto something is that by calling out her track record and the self-help industry in general. And I know, again, when we speak in generalizations, sometimes it's a bit rude, or presumptuous, like we just assume all people behave that way. But when it comes to the masses, and I'm including us in the masses, there is a bit of the Oprah Winfrey book club syndrome that once you find a hot ticket item, that you just notice how susceptible the crowd is to give ultimate buy-in and say, this is the way, this is the way, regardless of whether the author authorizes that or not. I think you have found, like, noted something that is, I think, from the research that I have done, 
that a lot of the fan, the Glennon Doyle fans are maybe taking it one step further and preaching it like this is the only way. And wouldn't that be interesting if we play it all out? Now we're under the third Burke. Well, are they going to behave the same way when she comes out potentially with the fourth book? This is actually, it's not about going into the gold goo. You know, no, I think you are noticing that there's a, a bit of a pattern here and that it, maybe it's not the author's intention, but that the people that buy the books and consume the products might get a bit like, everybody, get the memo out. So this is the new way now. Yeah, it's the new, in the self-help industry, this is the way. Yep, yep. We're be, we'll be posted when it changes to the next way. Okay, Yeah. It's the irony of a book like this that's telling you to listen to yourself, be true to yourself, and this is the way. And then there's a certain, like Kara's saying, there's a certain segment of the population that will then discount what certain people are doing. Be like, but you're not doing the right way. And you're like, but I'm doing it my way. No, no, your way is not the right way. This is the right way. Yeah. And it kind of, it's just ironic because there's, you know, let's help change the world. But then we're all, we all have to do it together. We all have to do, be the same uh, trying to find our individuality. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of just being on the continuum as our own individual, different, weird, wonderful selves. Yeah. It's as if we, we are Borg. Yeah. The mob can kind of. <laughs> we must all do the 10 minutes in the closet in our silence. <laughs> the mob can yeah. kind of draw a new box, you know? Right. A new cage. Yeah. Schweitz makes a valid point though, because, and, and Glennon gives it right to her. And Sarah pointed it out. Like she reads like, oh, this is the horse shit I was saying. And I think Schweitz's point is, who's to say that in X amount of time, she's not going to be like, well, that book was fucking horse shit too. <laughs> the message is authenticity, right? But before Untamed, I'm sure everybody felt she was being completely authentic. And she even felt she was being authentic in her previous book. So there's like, I mean, that's completely logic, like logical to be like, you know, okay, great. Yeah, but, and we all change. I mean, you just last book were, yeah. you know, like, what's to say? You, you seem to have a, a trend of this. Yeah, you were promoting your last book and you were with your new woman, your sayings. And you were writing this book being like, that book is bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> but I want to sell some books, so I'm going to promote it. And then... But and that's the thing that draws yeah. me to it, too, is that authenticity. It seems really authentic. I don't know. Had I been introduced in the second book, you know, been right into it too. Like, she's so authentic or her heartbreak. She's going through this. Oh, right. And then this new one, it's like, oh my God, she's even more authentic. Like, can she get more authentic? I don't know. But that's what I like about the book is that maybe she's just really good at those types of stories, right? Like she's really good at yeah. writing an authentic sounding story. Well, and people change too. And I, I, I let, I allow that, you know, ask me, you know, 10 years ago, what I believed and thought was different than now. And I, I wrote about stuff I believed and thought online. And now what I write and believe is very different than what I wrote 10 years ago. So I think that allowing people to change and grow is totally fine. I just worry about that self-help industry that everyone in Mayor was saying of like buy-in and Kara was saying to this one idea. And so I'm just, I'm hoping that the book is not like that in making me want to buy, like have to like tell me this is the way, the way that it should be. So I'm glad that you guys are telling me it probably won't. <laughs> well, and it's a super important point too, though, to allow people to be people right? Which me, which includes mistakes and, you know, change, right? So just like you said, I thought something 10 years ago, I don't think it anymore to have someone be like, oh, hypocrite, I found this thing from 10 years ago, right? Like, 
it, we won't you change yeah exactly yeah like as if we're not supposed to we won't grow and that like it's it kind of speaks to like the cancel culture right people are afraid to even advocate for whatever the cause maybe even even Kara said when she started to talk about her experience with lgbtq plus i like i don't know did i screw up the letters right am i gonna get slaughtered now the point is that people are afraid to even try because like right now you do something wrong and you know, you're canceled. Like, it's it. You're over. That's done. No mistakes allowed, whatever. And and that's detrimental to any cause. Absolutely. And it's so, again, like, we're back to, like, Meredith noticing, like, how many ironies there are. Isn't it weird that is, like, living organisms, like a human, will redo, like, the whole skeleton structure. Like, every cell, everything will rejuvenate, replenish, come new. You take like animals, insects, like it all changes. And yet we're expected to, but on the outside, the things that you say and the things that you do, no changes. I'm watching, you know, and you're like, well, so all of the natural parts of me can change. I don't know. I just, I find it interesting. I find it like such an irony. Right. If an individual is not allowed to change, how uh, is the world going to change? And are you happy with the way the world is now? If you are, then maybe you're okay with that. If you're not, we all need to change. Yeah. Again, the micro macro. Yeah. Like nature's constantly changing. We just accept that's what is. Our bodies are constantly rejuvenating and changing. So that's okay. But when it comes to the things we say or do, it's not okay. You got to lock it in. Once you express something, you need to like carry that with you for life. It's just, it's weird. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Book Interrupted. If you'd like to see the video highlights from this episode, please go to our YouTube channel. Be sure to subscribe and you'll be notified when there's new content. Book Interrupted has partnered with Libro FM for a fan giveaway. Fans that contribute to the Untamed Book Cycle will be entered to win a three-month free membership to Libro FM. Fans can contribute by sending us an email, a video, leaving a voice message for us, or commenting on our social media. For more information on how to get hold of us, please go to www.bookinterrupted.com. Moments you can look forward to on next week's Book Interrupted white privilege and specifically to white women my husband always gets me on that he's like you're um, a desktop activist literally society is white supremacy playing itself out just over and over again and like doesn't like your big brown face yeah (laughs) in my case we're gonna get a lot of big brown face so i have to just suck it up work on some resiliency work no no you don't get to decide that for me you listen, Leah. I don't care what Twitter says. Sure. Giving them the space to have those emotions and feel those feelings, I think, is the yeah. point. Book interrupted.